Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode, and I'm really excited about today's guest. She's no stranger to the world of podcasting and thought leadership. She's Bobby Carlton, and she's got a really interesting slant on um, making your tech talks better, public speaking, um, public speaking, and she's had um, you know a number of experience with MIT, which she'll, she'll share. And I'm happy to welcome her to the show. So, Bonnie, Bobby, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know we were uh, chatting backstage and, you know, you talked about how you got started in this space. So share that with the audience. And I'm really excited to delve into the questions. Absolutely. And just for background for everybody, I usually tell people I have many jobs. Uh, <laughs> the day job is I run a PR and marketing firm and I have people that make the TikToks. And uh, the PR and marketing firm, we do social media marketing, content marketing, uh, public relations. The night job for many years was a uh, an event in the Boston market for startups called Innovation Nights. And then the dream job is Innovation Women. It's an online platform specifically designed for uh, female entrepreneurs, technical people, and professional people to get more visibility that helps drive their careers and their businesses. And yes, I have a little bit of background in the whole uh, area of audio. I started my career in the radio business and I have a degree in broadcasting. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting, you know, because, you know, this podcast is also my marketing, um, you know, and it's quite um, interesting to learn the tech. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll dive right into it. And, you know, kind of the first qu question is, um, you know, talk about public speaking and you you provided a stage, you know, for people to come and, you know, talk. And so kind of to share with the path to empowerment through public speaking and um, how has your background in radio and public relations influenced your approach to empowering, especially the women entrepreneurs um, in public speaking? Yeah. And, you know, early on in my career as a public relations person, I headed up global PR for a bunch of big enterprise software companies. And part of my job was to get executives on stage at conferences and events. I kind of feel a little bit like um, I was part of the problem because the vast majority of my clients and the people I was representing were older white males. And if you're looking on stage at major conferences, events, especially in the tech industry, there aren't a lot of women. Two thirds of all conference speakers are men. So I saw that it left women out of all of these amazing opportunities to drive careers, promote businesses. And that's where innovation women kind of came from. Yeah. And you're doing a really great service, you know, kind of representing and, you know, this podcast is, you know, representing the healthcare and trying to uh, give healthcare more of a voice. And, you know, you're doing the same, which is quite interesting. And next question is, um, you know, a lot of people, they say that the fear of public speaking is one of the number one fears. And so um, what common barriers do you see in females facing when it comes to public speaking and how does Innovation Women help overcome them? Yeah, so Innovation Women has more than 2,500 women on the platform who have raised their <laughs> hands and said, I would like to be involved in public speaking. So we don't often actually have the conversations 
about the fear of public speaking because we have a lot of people who are very interested in getting on stage. It helps them promote their businesses. It helps them advance in their careers. They understand the benefits of public speaking. Now, that said, there are some people who are nervous about public speaking, who consider themselves introverts and see that as a barrier to public speaking. I will tell you, I consider myself an introvert. And, <laughs> you know, for me, public speaking is something that you do and you get better with practice. So the more you do it, the more you get better at it. And that getting better actually supports your confidence and builds your confidence. One thing about public speaking is the act of public speaking demonstrates confidence to people, but it also helps build it at the same time. When I think about women and public speaking in particular, there are some systemic things that are barriers to women getting on stage. For example, Speaking begets speaking. The more speaking you do, the more speaking you will do. And so men, traditionally, more of them have been on stage because they are executives at companies that support them to be up there. So the more they speak, the more they get invitations to speak because people see them on stage. So a lot of times women have to kind of break into those stages and they have to understand the path to the stage for a lot of conferences and events. It's the call for speakers. It's the way that conferences and events stand up and say, hey, we are looking for speakers. Apply here. So if you're interested in public speaking, go looking for those opportunities. Yeah, very well said. And uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, I'm all, I'm also an introvert too. And um, you know, you know, when I first started out, it was really scary. But then you kind of desensitize yourself to it, and you kind of find your niche and your groove. And um, you know, they a lot of people consider public speaking an art. It's very similar to a musician or a singer. Uh, no difference than just kind of an artist. So there's a there's an art and way of effectively conveying your message. So which brings me to my next question is this art and science of engaging public speaking. And, um, you know, from what's your perspective, you know, what makes a speech truly engaging, impactful? I'm kind of alluding to like TED and TEDx and, um, you know, very uh, things that just kind of amaze you and leave you inspired. Yeah. And I think TED <laughs> and the TEDx brands have really helped to popularize public speaking. They are fantastic examples of public speaking that are available to all of us. Um, I don't know if you know it, but there have been more than 50,000 individual TEDx events. And so that is literally dozens and dozens of opportunities on any particular topic. So you can go to the TEDx website and you can watch some absolutely amazing world-class public speaking as an example. And TEDx has a really good model for public speaking. One of the things that they do is they focus on kind of one big idea. I think a lot of times when people start public speaking, they want to pour everything, you know, every little bit of information into their speech. They want to show the world that they know everything about a topic. And 
Ted has really done a good job in getting people to narrow down, to focus on one big idea. And I think if you've seen an amazing speech or presentation, that presentation probably has one big idea. So if you're thinking about how to make your own presentations really pop, really amazing, think about that one big idea, then set it aside and then think about what is it my audience really needs and wants? How can I solve a problem for them? How can I solve their pain? Because I think a lot of times as well, people think about what they know, their area of expertise, what they want to be known for, but they get they forget that the important part of this equation is the audience. How can you deliver something? How can you be in service to that audience? That's what makes great public speakers. Yeah, and it's so amazing because, uh, you know, sometimes on TED, you know, even though you can't attend the real event, you, it's like I said, the, YouTube's democratized a lot of the access so you can really take that in and you can basically – some. Uh, one speaker can talk about one idea and then the other speaker can talk about the same idea and you can get two different impressions just the way they present that idea um which is really impactful because you can the way you talk and how you convey an idea is one question is you know with helping hundreds of women achieve their star turns on stage you know what are some key elements people that are interested to get started with public speaking, looking to improve their skills, um, what should they focus on? And um, uh, how can you share kind of success stories with how you've ha helped those women get on stage? Yeah, um, I mean, our focus is kind of a big focus. We are looking at kind of tipping the gender balance. So we're looking <laughs> at this kind of in mass and quantity, but it is one speaker at a time. Uh, we have a Friday morning Zoom call literally every week. We call it Speaker Friends. So Speaker Friend Fridays, and people get to come on. Uh, they practice their 15-second introductions. So we do very fast, fast-paced introductions. Um, then we have Q&A and discussion, and anybody can raise their hand and say, I have a question about speaking, about authorship, about marketing myself as a speaker, about marketing my business, about careers in public speaking, about speaking business models. And this discussion, I think, is really unique because I think a lot of speakers don't share their speaker knowledge, you know, like the things that they've learned over time, because speaking is something that people learn and build on and it doesn't happen overnight. So I think one really good way to think about getting started and perhaps, you know, how you build upon your speaking career is you don't have to be the one person on stage by yourself to be engaging in public speaking. There are all different kinds of public speaking. You could be on a panel. You could be doing a podcast just like we're doing here today. You could be doing a webinar. You could be a co-presenter or, and this is a great way to get started, ask a question from the audience. The next time you go to a conference or an event 
and you see a great speaker, at the end, they'll often ask for questions and they'll say, okay, I'm finished with my presentation. Do you have any questions? And sometimes they're crickets, right? Like you hear nothing. And it you see the speaker kind of deflate a little bit because to them, that means that nobody was interested enough in what they were saying to ask a question. So what I want you to do is I want you to help that speaker out and I want you to ask a question. And there's something in it for you too. You get to be a public speaker. You're standing up, sharing your name, maybe who you work for, your company name. You're asking an intelligent, well-thought-out question. Congratulations, you are now a public speaker because you just spoke to the same audience that the people on stage spoke to. And it's just like a really nice way to dip your toe in the water, start getting a little bit of experience, uh, start getting some visibility. And you might find that if you ask a question that contributes to the conversation, it could be a potential path to the stage because you can connect with the event organizers and say, hey, you know, I I asked the question after your last speaker was done. And have you ever thought about a presentation on that topic? I'd be glad to volunteer. So I just took you through like a whole bunch of things there. But I think there are lots of opportunities like that. And I do think it's something that helps people wrap their head around themselves as a speaker. So very amazing. Um, the next question is, how do I get on the stage. So one thing is, um, especially with TEDx, you have to know somebody, the organizer. It's not usually, usually you have a great idea, but usually you have to have somebody that can fight for you to get on that stage. So what what do you recommend? Do you recommend, of course, what are the key components to getting on the stage? Networking? Is it platforms? I know there's like, you know, sometimes like sees um, platforms that match events with speakers and you know a lot of the speakers they they know each other through so many different events so how do you get your foot in the door oh so many different <laughs> paths and you know innovation women i mean we're one of those matching platforms so our database has anywhere between i don't know 600 and 800 different speaking opportunities that you can apply for every day also, our speakers have profiles on the platform, so event managers can come in and request them for events. Yeah. But if you're thinking about how you get started and get yourself on the stage, I think you need to understand a few things. Number one, there is a basic currency for public speaking at industry conferences and events. It's the call or request for speakers. So if you have an annual event, the call for speakers will probably be issued almost in a year in advance. The organization will put out a request and you fill in a form and you apply to speak. You're going to have to have a speaker biography. You're going to have to have an abstract and a title for your talk. You're probably going to put in information like your social media links, a little bit about yourself, some of the takeaways or learnings from your presentation. And you're also going to have to basically tell them why 
I am the best person for this opportunity or this presentation. And then you're competing, obviously, with other people. Um, as you mentioned, networking, especially with other speakers, that's one of the reasons that speaker friends is, I think, so popular, is you're hanging out with peers and near peers, maybe some people who are a little bit ahead of you or people who um, might not be able to take that opportunity and pass it on to you. So referrals from other speakers are great. Referrals from successful speaking engagements. Remember I said earlier, speaking begets speaking. The more speaking you do, the more speaking you will do. And for a lot of people, they work up to bigger opportunities and bigger stages. TEDx, um, TEDx, there are actually a lot of opportunities for applying to TEDx. Uh, some of the TEDx events actually do have calls for speakers as well. Uh, networking, yep, absolutely, that works as well. But I also think that you also, you need to build a foundation for yourself as a speaker. You need to be seen as an expert and a thought leader. And speaking builds that perception, but it also benefits from it. If you're writing articles, if you're being quoted in the media, if you maybe have a podcast that you host on the topic, we have a fantastic speaker on our platform who hosts one of the leading podcasts about burnout. And when people listen to her podcast, you know, she sounds brilliant on it. So they invite her. So there are lots of different paths to the stage. Yeah, really fascinating. And um, the kind of my final question is, um, you know, paid versus free, you know, because a lot of, you know, public speakers, they use it to market and, you know, sometimes they'll get clients or they could, you know, sell their products and services from the stage. Um, so kind of talk about how you monetize yourself as a public speaker. Yeah. And there are lots of different speaker business models. This is a huge topic of conversation and yeah. the speaker friends. Uh, we also have a ton of um, resources in what we call the green room, which is where speakers get prepared for the stage. Uh, but uh, business models range. Some speakers are speaking for visibility for themselves and their companies and and products. Uh, other speakers are looking to get paid by the conference organizers. Like these are very specific ways of getting compensated. Other speakers are doing what you mentioned. We call it speak to sell. Uh, there is mm -hmm. a kind of formulaic approach to that where you hold yourself up as a model of transformation once upon a time, I was destitute. Now I am successful <laughs> and you can learn my model. Sign up for my free <laughs> booklet here. Like there's a very specific path to that. Yeah. Um, in Innovation Women, we do talk a lot about speaker compensation and how we get compensated for the time that we put into this. Uh, uh -huh. When I started Innovation Women, I did a massive research survey of mm -hmm. event managers, and I asked them a lot of questions about how they pay speakers, if they pay speakers, which speakers they pay. And mm -hmm. here's some data for you. So half of all event managers 
in 2014 and 2015 paid no one. They had literally zero budget for speakers. They yeah. were running events where people were speaking for visibility. 42% of event managers at that time paid some speakers. They had money for keynotes or they had money for people doing workshops. Maybe they paid speakers who were they were interested in but weren't going to show up unless they got compensated. So yeah. that's 42%. Now, if you're doing the math with me, <laughs> eight percent of event managers at the time paid all or most of their speakers mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. very small percentage and they tend to be clustered in some very specific places corporate places is often like where people are looking at speakers um, and compensation but you know you you want to see if you can grow your speaking career so that you can get into those slots where they are hiring paid speakers. You also have to do things like understand event business models. For mm -hmm. example, there are more than 300,000 monthly events that are done through platforms like Meetup. Uh, there are 92,000 oh. professional organizations in the U.S. alone. Last year, Eventbrite sold tickets to about 5 million different events. Now, if you look at all of those events, they're very different in terms of who's putting them on, how they're funded. Is it a corporation with deep pockets or is it somebody who is doing an event in their neighborhood for their rotary group? So are they selling tickets? Is it a free event? Like these are all things that you need to understand and you need to understand about yourself. Are you bringing value to the table or are you kind of regurgitating something that a lot of people in the audience are going to go, mm -hmm, yeah, I knew that. So you need to bring some real value to things and also look at what you're getting a value out of it. Um, if you're looking to be a professional speaker and get compensated by the organizers, there's some table stakes. You need to have a sizzle reel or a speaker reel. You need to have a speaker one sheet. You probably have a speaker website. Like these are the things that a professional event organizer will look for when they are looking to pay speakers. They want to pay professionals. Maybe you go and you get a certified speaking professional designation from the National Speakers Organization. So lots of different things to think about in terms of speaker compensation, speaker business models. I love this. And, um, you know, I love there's this whole, you know, we could do a whole webinar about um, public speaking and how to really thrive. Um, so kind of. I want to end with two more two questions because I know your time is very valuable. And the first one is what mediums are best for growing an audience for public speakers? You mentioned newsletters, uh, email lists, and kind of what are your um, thoughts on that and kind of your two cents. And then uh, the other question I have is um, this idea of uh, vir with virtual, now with Zoom, with virtual events, and now, you know, we've got podcasts and kind of People are saying podcasting is kind of the new type of book tour. 
So where does this fit into this whole uh, public speaker repertoire? You know, it's interesting. I used to say that as a speaker, you had to have a Twitter account because so many events use Twitter as kind of like the the amplification and the communication medium at the event. But times have changed and, you know, Twitter slash X is a little bit of a dumpster fire these days. Um, so I think a lot of people have been switching to LinkedIn, which is seen as a more professional platform. And it's also giving us a lot of tools like LinkedIn newsletters and LinkedIn articles and LinkedIn posts. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot depends really on your audience. You know, if you're looking to talk to some very specific groups, you need to think about what social media they're on. Mm-hmm. And I I'm sorry, like, you know, yeah. these days you got to have an email list. You probably are going to do something in terms of communicating with people via text. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of different things to, to keep in mind. I mean, this is a major marketing effort. Now, you mentioned podcasts and book tours. Totally agree. Um, these days, whenever you've got people that are launching new books and there's a massive overlap between authorship and speaking, because authors get paid more and compensated more as speakers. They also have different kind of flexibility in terms of how they get compensated. You know, as a speaker and an author, you could go in and say, all right, you know, I will waive my speaking fee if you purchase a book for every (laughs) member of the audience. Like you could potentially get a much bigger payday that way than your speaking fee. Yeah. So lots of different interesting things around the the whole book tour. Um, yes, absolutely. Like, you know, people yeah. now have so much more flexibility in terms of virtual things, whether it's a podcast or a vlog or video interviews or events. So I think we're really seeing, you know, the change that was wrought by the pandemic. People are much more comfortable jumping online for conversations than than they used to be yeah it's so because you know public speaking and basically it's basically social and relationship capital and you're using different platforms and now we have you know there's in person but now there's virtual there's social media platforms and you can it's basically how you exchange value and so you know there's i mean there's so many creative ways to monetize so many creative ways to you know, market your message and get out there and i know people that you know they speak in public for free but that's like their marketing budget and um you know sometimes it's do they do pick up um, clients along the way yeah. so it's um uh, really fascinating how can people find out more about you innovationwomen.com is probably the uh-huh. best way to find me <laughs> yeah and for all the audience out there let's thank bobby for coming on and be sure to Check out all her resources in the links and show notes. Give her a like and follow. Check out her website, resources. And with that, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you.